It's A Plus Weekly, my news roundup of what has caught my eye this week in the tech world, focusing on the Apple ecosystem, out first on YouTube as a video podcast, and then on all the usual podcast platforms. Welcome. On this show this week, insights into Tim Cook's thoughts about that headset, problems with iOS 16.4 and rumors about which devices will get iOS 17, a healthy market awaits any potential iPhone fold, a new AirPods patent, what Apple might be doing in the EU regarding USB-C, is there a new button coming on the iPhone 15, Apple stock predictions, and a surefire way to get hold of a 13 mini and keep it fresh for two years. Let's roll. Let's start with Tim Cook's interview with Zach Barron at GQ, revealing some of his thoughts about Apple's VR headset and its supposed announcement coming up this June. Barron raises the fact that in 2015, Cook told The New Yorker that he was highly skeptical of Apple manufacturing smart glasses similar to Google Glass as an early AR product. At the time, Cook said, we always thought that glasses were not a smart move from a point of view that people would not really want to wear them. They were intrusive. Instead of pushing technology to the background as we've always believed, we always thought it would flop. And you know, so far, it has. Now, Cook admitted that he was willing to say that he was wrong. My thinking always evolves. Steve taught me well. Never get married to your convictions of yesterday. As always, if presented with something new that says you were wrong, admit it and go forward instead of continuing to hunker down and say why you're right. When Baron followed up asking Cook if the fact that neither Google Glass nor Meta's Quest headsets have made a big impact among consumers would make him skeptical of Apple offering a product in the AR VR space. Cook responded that Apple has a history of succeeding in areas where people have doubted it. Pretty much everything we've ever done, there were loads of skeptics with it. If you do something that's on the edge, it will always have skeptics. Can we make a significant contribution in some kind of way, something that other people are not doing? Can we own the primary technology? I'm not interested in putting together pieces of somebody else's stuff because we want to control the primary technology because we know that's how you innovate. So according to Cook, Apple isn't trying to make screens to keep you from being in the real world. They're aiming to make tools to help you do even more in the real world. Read the full interview over at GQ for more information about Cook's thoughts on leadership, his public image, comparing himself with Steve Jobs and more. The link is in the show notes. So would a foldable iPhone find a market? Results of a survey show that almost 4 in 10 people wanting to purchase foldable smartphones would like to get their hands on Apple's foldable iPhone if one existed. The iPhone Fold is said to be Apple's foldable smartphone. Maybe, just maybe, hitting shelves by 2025. Seems like there's already people ready to buy it when it goes on sale. A US survey conducted by CounterPoint revealed that about 28% of current smartphone users are very likely to purchase a foldable device as their next phone. Out of the ones who answered the survey, 39% went for an Apple foldable. Samsung, who already have foldable smartphones, have a 46% share, which makes them the top choice, and Motorola have 6%, making them third. Foldables could also motivate a decent level of brand loyalty. As the survey said, 92% of Samsung users plan to stick with Samsung for a foldable purchase. 
The iPhone Fold could be a hit with people with bigger wallets. Almost half of those earning $10,000 a month or more said they're likely to pick up a foldable phone on their next buy. People were into the flip phone kind of foldable with a fold on the short side of the device. A book-shaped device with a fold down the middle came second with 35%. Foldables have performed better in controlling the shift from Android to iOS, according to Associate Director of North America Research, Hanish Bhatia. However, we don't expect foldables to become the dominant form factor anytime soon in the US. Foldables will continue to coexist with the candy bar design for years to come. Rumor has it the iPhone Fold will be released in 2025 with a flexible OLED display, a complex hinge, USB-C, and MagSafe for charging. We'll wait and see. It seems like Apple's got plans for an AirPods case with a built-in touchscreen display letting users control audio and use apps connected to the device, a new patent says. Apple applied for the Devices, Methods and Graphical User Interface Interactions with a Headphone Case patent in September 2021 and it was released last week by the US Patent and Trademark Office. It includes images of AirPods and a touchscreen on the case. Audio output device cases are commonly passive devices used to charge audio output devices, reads the patent. The utility of a headphone case can be enhanced and user control over a user's wireless headphones can be improved by configuring a headphone case with an interactive user interface to enable user controls of operations associated with the wireless headphones, the patent continues. In one version they show, Apple Music could be run via a case with a touchscreen and a GUI that gives tactile feedback. Users wouldn't need to look at the case to control playback, adjust volume, favorite songs, and do other stuff. In another version, the case responds to specific gestures, such as taps and swipes, to navigate on-screen content and trigger Siri. Apple talks about how squeezing the case could switch the AirPods listening mode, like noise cancellation, and transparency. Apple suggesting the case could have extra processors and memory, so it'd be able to do the same stuff as phones, computers, and connected devices. For example, some versions show the case's touchscreen giving you interactive access to iPhone apps like phone, mail, messages, camera, calendar, weather, maps, you name it. By integrating an interactive touchscreen display in such a way, the patent argues Deficiencies associated with user control of wireless headphones are reduced or eliminated. Now, as with any patent, the tech in it probably won't make it to any product soon, if ever. But it does give an interesting look at how Apple is trying to make the AirPods case more of a useful link between the AirPods and the connected audio source. Ever since the launch of the first AirPods in 2016, Apple has been trying to make the AirPods case better for various models. The AirPods Pro case got some great updates with MagSafe wireless charging, U1 Ultra wideband chip with precision tracking and Find My, a lanyard loop, a speaker for tracking and updates plus more battery life. There may be more to come soon. There's a new action button coming on the iPhone 15? Maybe. Rumors are that the mute switch on the iPhone may be about to go. But the good news is word that it may be getting something else instead. 
an action button, like on the Apple Watch Ultra. On that device, the button was set by default to activate workouts, but users could customize it to do other things, including activating programmed shortcuts from the Shortcuts app. So following through on this, an action button on an iPhone could certainly take the place of a mute switch. But what if you could not only change the function of that single click from a mute function to something else, and also program double click or triple click functions too. That might be a convenient no screen interaction way to trigger do not disturb, launch the video record function, turn the flashlight on or off, or so much more. Personally, I find the swipe from lock screen to activate the camera app a little flaky at times, meaning I miss the photo or video and then have to come into the iPhone navigation to activate the camera app by pressing the icon for it. Just tapping or double clicking a button to launch the app on a preset mode like 4K video or slow motion would be great. I think there's a lot of potential for an action button taking the place of a mute switch on an iPhone and to be able to fully customize what it can do. I think it's important for it to be set to the mute function by default though, because we know that even though there are so many ways to automate your iPhone from screen layout to ringtones, most people just want to use the thing straight out of the box. But for power users, it should be a really useful new and attractive possibility. The only downside would be that the existing mute switch makes the phone accessible because you can physically tell by the position of the switch if the device was muted or not. Removing such a switch and replacing it with a button makes it less accessible. Okay, let's talk about battery problems following the release of iOS 16.4, and a few more besides. The Daily Mail in the UK reports that iPhone users say Apple's new iOS 16.4 update is ruining their battery life. Some saying battery charge is draining within a few hours. They follow up saying that complaints have taken Twitter by storm over the past few days with users alleging that the latest iOS 16.4 upgrade has diminished their phone's ability to hold charge. One social media user said their device was now experiencing heating issues, with the iPhone advising that charging would resume once the phone had cooled down while another added that their phone was failing to connect to Siri. Others alleged that their device had completely slowed down after the update. And while Apple has not yet commented on the issues, plummeting battery life can be quite normal following software updates such as these. According to a report seen on Znet, the changes triggered by power-intensive updates can take hours and even days to finalize. Adrian Kingsley-Hughes, a researcher at Znet, explained, Installing a new OS on an iPhone triggers a lot of stuff to go on in the background, from indexing to recalibrating the battery, and this can go on for hours or even days. Not only does this consume power, but the battery recalibration can give the impression that the battery is draining more rapidly when in fact it isn't. Add to this the dual factor of a lot of app updates happening following a new release combined with a lot of new features available that may put more drain on an older handset. If you're worried about your iPhone battery and it's been a few days since you updated to iOS 16.4, Mr. Kingsley Hughes advises checking your battery health. He added, if you go to settings, battery, battery health, and the message is that it is good for peak performance capability, then it's either just the normal stuff going on or a bug. 
So it seems like the message is to hold tight whilst things settle down, check your battery health, maybe even hold on even longer till there's an update. If there's anything weird going on with your iPhone after updating to 16.4, I'd love to hear about it. And I'm sure the rest of the community would too. Drop me a comment or an email. Now, late news is that it looks like Apple is preparing to release iOS 16.4.1 for the iPhone, according to a source with a proven track record for upcoming software updates. It's unclear when the update will be available, but it's likely to be released this week or next week. And hopefully it will address any battery issues as well as Wi-Fi password problems and weather app issues this week too. Before we hit the next segment, just a reminder to please do like, subscribe, follow, leave a five-star review, and even some kind words. It all helps so much to help people find this show. It gives me a bit of encouragement too. Thank you. Now, is Apple really planning to violate EU law? There's been all sorts of buzz about the iPhone 15 from what's inside it to what it looks like. Rumors say the company will get rid of the lightning port and go with USB-C. And if these reports are true, it could cause more trouble than we thought. If you recall, the European Union passed a law last year requiring a common charging port on devices sold in Europe by 2024. That's forcing Apple to give up its proprietary lightning port in favor of USB-C, with rumors suggesting Apple will make the move this fall when it releases four new iPhone 15 models, all offering USB-C connectivity. It's now been suggested that Apple wants to make USB-C a walled garden, requiring MFI certification for accessories to work with the iPhone 15. That's their made for iPhone program MFI. And now one EU parliament member has slammed this as a direct violation of the law. After a streamed debate with the Committee on Internal Market and Consumer Protection, Alex Agius-Saliba said it was a pity that Apple rejected an invitation for an exchange of views to conform stroke deny that they are planning to bypass our rules by limiting charging speed to sell only their charges. It's bizarre to hear that Apple could be attempting to get around EU guidance on a common charger, since it's this guidance that appeared to prompt them to introduce USB-C. Seems like they're not pleased about switching to USB-C, and this dragging their feet thing isn't helping, probably. It's already been said that the iPhone 15 Pro will have quicker USB-C speeds, that's hard to say, than the iPhone 15. So it's plain to see Apple isn't that keen on a normal charging point. And if it needs MFI approval for full performance, then we'll have different levels of accessories, with Apple taking a licensing fee for the more useful ones. Even though Apple went with USB-C because of legislative pressure, if they don't meet EU regulations, this proposed certification system might not stick around either. Here's how to get a fresh 13 mini for the next two years. If you've ever been tempted to make the switch, is now the time to lock in your 13 mini before it disappears forever. If you missed it on a previous show, sales projections seem to indicate that the 14 plus is absolutely killing the 13 mini comparatively in terms of sales. This means it's looking unlikely that Apple is going to offer any further development 
on the 13 mini or the mini line at all. Now the 13 mini is still on sale, but if I look into the future, I think its availability from Apple might start getting pretty limited. In fact, when September rolls around, you might find that the only place you're gonna get one is on the second hand market. If you want an Apple fresh iPhone 13 mini, you might want to consider getting in while stocks are available. And there's a way of making sure that you keep your 13 mini Apple fresh just out of the box for two years following your purchase. The easiest way to do this is to buy Apple Care when you buy your 13 mini. Apple Care Plus for iPhone provides up to two years of expert technical support and additional hardware coverage from Apple, including unlimited incidents of accidental damage. Each incident is subject to a service fee of $49 for screen or back glass damage or $169 for other accidental damage. Your costs may vary where you are. But whatever that is, I think it's a great value way to pay for peace of mind. And ensuring that if anything should happen to your 13 mini, you're able to get an Apple fresh replacement rather than hunting around on the second hand market. It also gives you protection against batteries that retain less than 80% of their original capacity. Apple will sort that out for you. It additionally covers the USB-C to lightning cable should anything happen to that. Here's how I got even more of a bargain. Because you have a 60 day window to register Apple Care Plus after the purchase of your 13 mini, I hunted one down on the second hand market that was purchased in that window at a significant discount to buying it new and was still able to register Apple Care Plus for it. So if you want to buy an iPhone 13 mini with all the benefits of Apple Care Plus, ensuring that you have coverage to get repairs or a fresh 13 mini if something should happen to it, and also buy one at a significant discount to brand new from a retailer, then this is the way I went and you might want to think about that too. Will your device be compatible with iOS 17? It looks like iOS 17 and iPad OS 17 will be parting ways with a few older devices as the company drops support for them. According to a source with a good track record for upcoming software updates, the iOS 17 will drop support for the iPhone 8, iPhone 8 Plus, iPhone X, first generation 9.7 inch, and 12.9 inch iPad Pro and fifth generation iPad. Those devices were released between November 2015 and November 2017 and means that the new iOS would be incompatible with most devices powered by the A11 Bionic chip or older. Last year's iOS 16 release dropped support for some older devices too. So iOS 17 dropping support for the iPhone 8 and iPhone X devices, as well as the original iPad Pro isn't entirely surprising. They're already five years old. Apple still supports software upgrades for older devices better than most Android manufacturers. Still, it's notable to hear that the iPhone X could finally be put out to pasture, considering how much of an impact the phone has had over the years. Maybe that strategy with the iPhone 13 is worth considering. It looks like Apple's stock price target is moving up over strong iPhone demand. Wedbush Securities, an advisory and brokerage firm, has raised its price target for Apple stock from $190 to $205 in a note to investors. While Apple clearly has benefited this quarter from December unit shortages that slipped into January stroke February, we have seen China iPhone demand in particular see a clear tick up this quarter. 
with a strong month of March and is music to the ears of investors, writes Wedbush. January and February were ahead of our expectations and March checks finished off relatively strong on the iPhone front, which was a stark contrast from the December quarter. The note continues. In China, Apple is gaining market share as reported in my last show. Add in evidence that US and Europe demand is staying firm and estimates that a quarter of the current iPhone install base hasn't updated their iPhone in at least four years and there seems to be a lot of potential for sales. Just kind of depends on what the economic backdrop looks like come September time. Wedbush seems pretty bullish though. With the highly anticipated anniversary edition, iPhone 15 is set to be launched in the September timeframe. The baton handoff from iPhone 14 to iPhone 15 looks to be a steadier transition than some other peak to valley iPhone cycles of the past, analysts state. They go further, taking Apple's services accelerating further in the 2024 financial year with another 100 million new iPhone users in the ecosystem added over the last 15 months and improved attachment rates on services as well as price increases. Apple's services business should re-accelerate over the coming quarters back to a double digits trajectory reckons Wedbush. Against a backdrop of a continuing pandemic, sticky inflation, likely recession, bear market downturns, and all kinds of volatile geopolitical events, this is a bold call. We shall wait and see. And it's also noticeable how dependent this is on iPhone sales and services because Mac and iPads have had a tough quarter in Europe and elsewhere too, just not as bad as everyone else. Notebook shipments are dropping worldwide, driven by economic factors such as inflation and fears of recession. For example, Apple shipped only 171,000 Macs in India during quarter four of 2022. I'm off to see if I can pick up an M2 MacBook Air cheap secondhand, and I'm only half joking. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe and hit that bell to make sure you don't miss my next video. And on audio, be sure to hit follow or something like that to get my next show. I'm Saab Johal, and this channel is A+. Thanks for being here right at the end of the show. Cheers, and go well.